deputy and it's unacceptable. We're not going to tolerate it. Not now and not at any point. A Houston deputy may not make it after police say that he was shot at a traffic stop. You probably got the blue alert on your phone overnight for Taryn and James Green. That goes out when suspects are a threat to law enforcement and are on the run. Police say the two left the scene and may be in a blue 2016 Ford Escape. The Downtown Austin Alliance is holding a meeting to discuss what's being done to keep Downtown Austin safe for you. It starts at 8.30 this morning and it's going to be held over a Zoom meeting. You can find a link on our website, kxan.com. Search Downtown Safety. Austin City Limits Music Festival set times will be released today. The annual festival is at Zilker Park the first and second weekends of October. Kendrick Lamar, the Foo Fighters, Shania Twain, and others among the top artists. So an exciting day, day to see what happens there. And good morning, everyone, and welcome to KXAN News Today. I'm Sally Hernandez, meteorologist Kristen Curry, joining us to talk about what the big weather story is today. What can we expect? It's going to be brutal. Yeah. It's going to be hot. Just oh. when you thought it was getting better, unfortunately, yeah. temperatures climbing. Let me show you what I'm looking at because... I don't think you're going to like it. Let's look outside. We've got our Ewell Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown showing quiet conditions. The morning's fine and pretty comfortable considering uh, we've been most of the summer looking at warmer than normal temperatures. Right now, sitting in those mid to upper 70s, we'll probably lose a few degrees off these lows as we approach sunrise, but it'll be a quick warm up thereafter. Right now, running anywhere from about two degrees on either side of where we were yesterday. Not quite as comfortable, but you know what? Those temperatures aren't horrible right now. They will be this afternoon. Here's your warning. Forecast high 108 in Austin. That's about 4 to 5 degrees hotter than yesterday. It's certainly going to be hotter than normal, and we're likely going to be breaking the record, too. That record stands at 107 set 100 years ago. So if you can swing it, I would certainly find yourself a body of water and sip by today. I know a lot of us got responsibilities, though, going back to school and work. The excessive heat warning is in effect today, and that includes every single county here in Central Texas. We're going to talk about how long this brutal heat lasts and an update on the tropical trouble we see in the Gulf. Those details in your first warning forecast. Kristen, thank you. There are new laws meant to keep you safe on the roads from street racers and street takeovers. And now learning how effective they've been. One agency gave KXC's Brianna Hollis the first look at its operation in Austin and across the state. For many, the intersection of Barton Springs Road and Lamar Boulevard reminds them of this. A street takeover that caused so much chaos, it was the catalyst for a statewide task force. Green Mesquite Barbecue sits feet away. What is going on? The restaurant's operations director, Joe Reese, never wants to see a street takeover again. Very While not reaching this extent, similar things have happened since then, including a takeover event just last month that resulted in a crash that sent three people to the hospital. Austin Police Chief Joseph Chacon says these events can start as, quote, car meets, which are legal, and the problems come when things escalate and put other drivers in danger. When officers first are called and arrive on scene, it's an assessment to determine is that what we actually have here or not. And I know one of the new laws in place now makes it so vehicles involved get immediately impounded. You know, it was a hopeful deterrent. Do you see that working so far? I think it is a great tool. It's funny when we talk sometimes with folks that are involved in these things 
uh, they fear the loss of their vehicle more than they do an arrest. APD says six cars have been impounded so far since that law went into effect two months ago. DPS says between February and the end of July, Troopers have made 52 arrests statewide related to the street takeovers and have issued nearly 400 citations. Back on Barton Springs Road, Reese still has his concerns. Are they going to be able to stop it next time? Is there going to be a next time? Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. We want you to know that we are waiting clarification from APD about what happens after a suspect's car gets impounded and what circumstances would allow that person to get their vehicle back. For some context on the crackdown, in February, Governor Greg Abbott announced the launch of a statewide street takeover task force to address the rising trend. DPS and other law enforcement agencies are still part of that task force. And when it was announced, Governor Abbott said, quote, the task force will focus on state level investigations that target the organized crime aspect of the street takeovers with the goal of making arrests and seizing assets, including vehicles and weapons. He goes on to say in many cases, the felony charges associated with these crimes will result in prison time for the criminals responsible. New court documents out for the man arrested when it comes to an explosion at St. David's Medical Center last week. He is also accused of trying to hide something from officials, according to the arrest affidavit, the day of the explosion. So here's what we know, 38-year-old Raymond Garner did ask someone, according to police, to grab a box from his Cedar Park home. That person handed the box over to the feds. Police say they found a canister appearing to hold a powdery substance and another canister full of liquids and wires. The affidavit says investigators determined the items were two of the three components for an explosive and safety fuses. Star test results are out. What this means as the school year begins and what the tests are going to look like starting this year. And the latest on the rescue and recovery efforts in Maui, what, what some people say sparked the blaze. You know who? Welcome back, everyone. Students said goodbye to bubbling in some answers when it comes to the STAR exam, and it moved online last school year. But we got a fresh result this week when it comes to how kids did. Nabel Romana shows us how students performed and where they need to improve. Each year, students prepare for the STAR exam, which gauges how they're performing and how well they grasp the material being taught. We're very supportive of the STAR redesign because we think that the STAR exam should always be evolving and always be adapting and always be improving. Students are tested in reading and language arts, math, science, and social studies. While there has been improvement in some areas, fewer students are mastering subjects. There definitely has been a decline in the number of students that are performing at what we call the mastery level on the STAR test. Mary Lynn Prunetta. Texas 2036. Her job is to help Texans make policy decisions through accessible data. The numbers show students performed better before the pandemic. The pandemic had a serious and profound impact on student learning, and in many ways, we are still recovering. Reading and language arts proficiency for students is pretty much unchanged since the new redesign, but math is still an area that needs work. Part of the reason that we have standardized assessments and we think that they're so important is the fact 
fact that they show us how subpopulations within our state are performing or how kind of smaller groups of students are doing. Emergent bilingual students showed progress in both math and reading and language arts. In math, 32% of the students met grade level, while 35% met grade level in reading. Bernetta says in order to keep improving, these tests must change over time. We're very encouraged by this round of STAR results because we believe that it reflects both that the test is getting better, but that also students are learning more. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. And by the way, you can find the full STAR test results on our website. Just search STAR test results on KXAN.com. Going in depth, Del Valley ISD joined a coalition of school districts across the state suing the Texas Education Agency. It's over changes to its A through F accountability system, and that includes the STAR test as one factor. The Del Valley School Board voted Tuesday night to join in the lawsuit. Its superintendent telling parents and staff the changes to the system paint a picture that public schools, including Del Valley ISD, are failing. TEA Commissioner Mike Morath said earlier this year the change to the system should help improve the ability to recognize school growth, as well as narrow achievement gaps for at-risk kids. We did reach out to the TEA for comment on that lawsuit. We'll let you know when we hear back. How Ains ISD is working to bring music to students in countries that cannot easily afford instruments. We're going to hear from experts on whether a city in central Texas water is safe, why some are concerned about the look of their water. Texas running back room looking mighty good, and we're going to hear from a couple of the running backs hoping to fill B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson's gigantic shoes. And we'll also check in with the Hutto Hippos. That's later in sports. Keep it here. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. This is a live look that we have for you over in Georgetown. Give you an idea of what it's looking like outside. We have cameras all over Central Texas to give you that viewpoint. Then we're also going to talk to Kristen for the latest look at your forecast in a bit. And as students all over Central Texas get set for school, school districts across the country are scrambling to install air conditioning systems in their schools amid aging infrastructure and a changing climate. The National Council on School Facilities found more than 40% of American districts report needing to update their HVAC systems. Locally, we know Austin ISD's Liberal Arts and Science Academy, Lassa and McCallum High School both ran into some AC issues this week. Coming up next on today, how educators are getting creative to keep kids and staff cool this year, and the push to keep kids cool after a summer of record-smashing heat waves. Eans ISD is working to bring music like that to students in countries that cannot easily afford instruments. We talked with Cindy McNichols, who's worked in music education for 26 years. She joined a program called Recorders Without Borders. It provides the musical instrument to classrooms in countries that cannot buy them. And each year, more than 1,600 recorders are delivered to thousands of kids in countries, including Nicaragua, Haiti, and most recently, Kenya. Teachers, including Miss McNichols, have gone overseas to actually help share music too. Well, for them, um, just getting a recorder, they would be jumping up for joy. They were so excited to get their instrument. Um, some of them were so excited they couldn't even stop blowing. 
So it was very positive now that you're impacting them, but you're also leaving them something special, a gift, a gift of music, a gift of love, a gift of compassion. And yes, we are still supporting those teachers and those students, and we will continue to do that. And if you are interested in getting involved, you can visit Recorders Without Borders. Our reporter, Sam Stark, has a link for you right now on our website, kxan.com. Search that phrase. So important. And yeah. even back here at home, you know, even renting an instrument, my mm -hmm. little one is in band, it's, it's can get expensive. So oh, for sure. if you can get some help, yeah. you should get it. That, and, and just learning music, you know, learning how to read music, learning how to play music. I yeah. think that's so important. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Live look outside, taking you up to North Austin. This is our Indeed domain camera. Clear skies, dry conditions. Temperature's not too bad either. Not quite as comfortable area-wide as where we were yesterday, but it's still not that. 79 degrees is where we currently sit here in Austin. Humidity low at 60%. Temperatures across the area in those upper 70s to low 80s. As far as the numbers go, most of us are about 1 to 2 degrees on either side of what we had yesterday, but I will tell you the humidity is going to start to increase and we're going to be so much hotter this afternoon than what we had yesterday. It's almost rude if we're being honest. Looking at the relative humidity right now, you could see that surge in moisture coming in along those southeastern winds. We do have temperatures in those upper 90s by noontime. And then you see there the forecast high of 108. That's likely to surpass that high of 107. We set back in 1923. So 100-year-old record likely to be rewritten today. Here's a look at those afternoon highs area-wide. I'll give you a second to find your neighborhood number. Probably not going to like it. Everybody above 100 degrees today. Your excessive heat warning continues. Uh, this is noon time to 9 p.m. and there are no exclusions. Every single one of us here in the KXAN viewing area underneath that excessive heat warning today. Let's briefly talk about the tropics because we're still going to be monitoring uh, tropical wave here, tropical disturbance coming into the Gulf. It's got about a 20% chance of further development. Details still a little fuzzy as to whether this turns into a tropical depression or anything stronger, but we will still be watching for the potential for some rain early next week. Monday, we start to see the increase in clouds. Tuesday into Wednesday, we've got some scattered showers and potentially a few isolated tropical thunderstorms to watch for. This right here is the more pessimistic model. We've got another computer showing a whole lot more rain for Central Texas, but considering our track record, I don't want to get uh, too ahead of myself. We're just going to monitor the trends here as we get into the back half of the seven day. Until then, you can see temperatures anywhere from 106 to 108 as we finish up the work week and head into the weekend, likely to break another record on Sunday, and then rain chances start at 20 to 30 percent Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Hey, heads up, the line is live on the ground right there. Hawaii's biggest power utility is facing scrutiny for the role it might have played in the deadliest wildfire in modern American history. This includes detailed allegations in a lawsuit filed that it was negligent and knowingly failed to take proper action to prevent catastrophe. Along with more than 100 deaths, hundreds of businesses are destroyed, including Ty Burnett's scuba business. Is it your belief, too, that, that the power lines started this fire? Absolutely. The amount of power lines that are up in that area are horrendous. There should have been a lot more upgrading. 
Graham Lipsmith is one of the attorneys who filed suit against the utility company. The plaintiffs accuse Hawaiian Electric of years of inaction and negligence. They argue that the utility should have had plans in place to shut down power systems before fierce winds blew across Hawaii. Hawaiian Electric declined to comment to NBC News. A group of Hawaii state senators are calling on Hawaii state attorney to appoint an independent third party investigator to carry out a comprehensive review. They want to know about the decision making and standing policies before and during those wildfires. Meantime, FEMA is using cadaver dogs to help with search and rescue operations in Maui. The agency is also helping guide survivors through the process needed to get federal assistance. As of this morning, it searched 38% of the destruction area. We're working carefully to search the affected areas thoroughly and compassionately while respecting all of the cultural sensitivities. This is a really hard disaster. And this is a really difficult search operation. The White House says President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will travel to Hawaii Monday to get a firsthand look at the fire damage on Maui. They plan to meet with state and local officials as well as first responders and survivors. Kristen, thank you. Most of the Texas border buoys are in Mexican territory. That's a claim and a document the Department of Justice filed in its lawsuit against Texas. The DOJ says it looked at the survey of the International Boundary and Water Commission and the Justice Department sued Texas after Governor Abbott launched the buoys last month near Eagle Pass. Well, the governor has maintained that his state-run immigration enforcement system is saving lives and property and preventing an illegal influx of drugs. A federal appeals court says it would only restrict access to a widely used abortion medication rather than outlaw it. Yesterday, the panel overturned part of a lower court ruling that would have revoked the FDA's 23-year-old approval of mefepristone, but it left intact part of the ruling that would end the availability of the drug by mail, among other requirements. Now, the pill will remain available for now under existing regulations. The decision is likely to be appealed, though, by the Supreme Court. A local pharmacy is paying thousands of dollars after allegations that it violated provisions of the Controlled Substances Act, the Justice Department says. Austin-based People's Pharmacy has agreed now to pay $200,000 in civil penalties. The DOJ revealed federal investigators determined last summer the pharmacy violated regulatory record-keeping, improperly dispensed controlled substances, and issued unauthorized prescriptions. Now, People's Pharmacy told us in a statement reading in part, quote, People's Pharmacy points out that the DEA found no evidence of diversion of controlled substances, People's was deficient on some record-keeping practices, which has been remedied through additional training to pharmacists and pharmacy staff, end quote. Well, the decision to donate an organ is a big one, but a North Texas high school senior says it was an easy choice for her. The teen's mom, Jessica Jordan, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder 12 years ago. It's affected her kidneys and she's been on dialysis. Jessica's twin brother, Alfred, planned on donating his kidney to her. But he died from COVID-19 two years ago. So her 18-year-old daughter, Brooke, did not hesitate to jump in and help. She's my mom. It would just be like a few weeks of hurting for me for a lifetime of healthiness for my mom. 
that's a risk I'm willing to take. And they went through with the procedure back in June. We are happy to report it was a success. Jessica says this is the healthiest that she's felt in years. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning. In his time at Texas, B. John Robinson made his mark as one of the best running backs in the country, as well as becoming one of the best to ever grace the 40 acres. He's taken his show to the NFL. So did another excellent running back for Texas, Roshan Johnson. But the Longhorns have a few capable options to continue the high level of production at that position. Sophomore running back Jonathan Brooks seeking to take his game to a higher level after playing in seven games last year, scoring five touchdowns. In those seven, senior Keelan Robinson is making his mark as a standout on special teams, but he can still run the ball effectively as well. And Texas is hoping Jaden Blue and freshman C.J. Baxter will continue to, to develop as strong running backs. It's a talented, deep room. Everyone believes they have a chance to make waves this season. The way we see everybody's going to eat. Like, it, it doesn't matter how many bites somebody takes, everybody's going to eat in some kind of way. And... The better we are as a team, as a unit, the, the better everybody looks individually. So everybody had their own shot. That's the way we look at it. I just want the team to win, whether that's me getting five carries, 20 carries, it doesn't matter to me. I want to win. I want to do my role, whether that's special teams, running the ball, catching the ball, whatever it is, just to win the game. High school football, the Huddo Hippos are hoping to turn things around this season after finishing right at 500 last year and only winning two of six games in district play. Their senior quarterback, Will, uh, Hammond has optimism that things will be different this year now that they're more comfortable under second-year head coach Will Compton. Just working on our chemistry. I mean, last year was our first year in this new offense with our new coaches, and now it feels like you've got the confidence of, like, you've done this before. And so we're just coming out, and we understand exactly what the coaches want us to do, and we're just executing. And we are officially one week away from week one of high school football. Of course, we will bring you, as always, the Taco Shack Bowl over on KBVO starting at 730. That is, again, next Thursday night. That's it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Thank you so much. All right, for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks again for joining us. We're so happy to have you around. Let me tell you what else is next and what we're tracking in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. We're live from Georgetown ISD. We're sitting down with the superintendent there, the new one, to see how the district plans to keep up with all the growth. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.